episode number 73 of our podcast, which featured the three questions to help you define your authentic self, brought the simple yet so powerful questions of who am I, what do I do, and how do I exemplify to our attention, which assists us in getting clear on our main intentions of existing in this life, which then becomes the very foundation for how we live and make choices. Questions four and five were briefly mentioned, but are now expanded upon in this episode here. And they are, what are you looking to get out of a relationship? And what are you looking to give in a relationship? Together, these five questions are a powerhouse of authenticity if we use them together with self-honesty and enough discipline to live them. At the end of the day, we can only offer the information and you have to carry it out. But you are here receiving, and that is the first step to a more authentic you. If you feel this episode or any of our topics discussed has added value to your life or changed a perspective that has benefited a relationship or possibly your relationship with self, consider expressing your gratitude through a value-for-value exchange. Give back the value you received by sharing our podcast, rating and reviewing it on iTunes, subscribing and interacting on our social media or YouTube, offering any of your skills or services that could assist us in our expansion or support us through the good old-fashioned energetic exchange of modern-day currency through our patron account. If that interests you, go to wise-wise.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. It will even earn you a shout out on a future episode. Whichever way you decide to express your thank you and gratitude towards us, we are extremely appreciative of and thank you for working on you. And now, let's journey. With Aaron and Alexander. Uncovering our authentic self through self awareness, conscious communication, and emotional responsibility. Welcome to the Wise Wise Podcast. I am Aaron Keith. And I'm Alexander. So nice to be with you. And today I wanted to kind of roll back to the three questions of finding our authentic self. We didn't really discuss those the first few years of this podcast, and then suddenly you dropped this on me and everybody else out there. And now this is going to be like the foundational stake because we've often talked about the foundation being the five pillars. But then once you introduced these three questions of finding our authentic self, it was kind of like this is so important to our self-development work and I mean in doing any any internal work that we really need to discover these about ourselves and and I've definitely noticed how this has become like the main foundation of the work now because it has led to me discovering other things about myself and how 
just getting shirred up on those three questions has led me in a changing of how I view other aspects of my life. So well it, it, well it has said. definitely become the concrete of my personal work. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the importance of the three questions and then we'll build upon them and get into the questions four and five that you've often alluded to in some of the uh, most recent episodes, but we really wanted to dig into those today. Yes. And so in beautiful way in presenting that and the pillars or the five pillars are the foundation of the whole just philosophy. And they are the five um, options that we go to when we're stuck. So we can look at those as like the tools and these questions of the three questions to find your authentic self and then the two additional questions connected to relationships became what I felt like uh, was the the true beginning place for most people to start, whether they're looking to work on their self-development or to help their relationships or even work on their healing at any or all of the five levels. Because when you know who you are, what you do or what you're about or what you are passionate about, and you are clear in how you exemplify and work to exemplify those traits in a daily manner. When a person gets clear on those three questions, it makes a choice so much clearer because you don't have to discern as much because as we brought up in one of the most recent episodes about sin and another way looking at sin, sin being anything that takes you off your path. But if you haven't chosen a path, then there's really, there's no sin in it. Uh, But this is where people just stay stuck or stay lost or don't feel like they have a direction because they're not building a consistent energy with it. So, So still staying very firm and connected to those five pillars, and we have multiple episodes that explain those, and we're going to go deeper into um, the three questions. Probably we will touch on those, but mainly question number four and five, and that is what are you bringing to a relationship and what are you looking to get out of the relationship? And many times I feel like people don't take time to be clear on that when they meet someone. And everything changes when you meet someone. So, see, being clear on the first three and then having a at least an intention and a direction for number four and five helps you to stay centered when you enter into some type of relating with someone. Whether that is social or business or intimate or family it all has a similar uh, way that it plays out. Yeah, I, I like how you separated the five pillars as a tool. And uh, in our conversations, you've kind of um, been tossing around this way of looking at the philosophy as a whole, where you've kind of separated it into three sections. And, and I'm not going to hold you to this, but I just wanted to bring it in because I liked how you categorized it all, where you had like the self-development work, the conscious relating work, and then the five levels of wellness work. Yes. And I could see how the five pillars is a tool that helps you in all three of those. Yes. But these questions, the the three authentic help you with your 
more with your self-development. I can see how it does help you round you out as a whole to give you direction. But then these two that we're going to talk about today definitely fit into the conscious relating yes, as because well. Because another thing that I want to bring up is like um, what is a strong aid in one area may be an obstacle in another. And I just want to bring this up at this point that, you know, in the self-development work, really working to get clear on who you are and what you're about and what you exemplify and to create routines and structure to strengthen that. If you are in a period of life to where you are working on some kind of healing, um, whether that's something extreme and chronic or something acute, then see, sometimes we need to let off of our drive and our willpower and our structure and our discipline because maybe some of that is creating more of a physical issue or mental issue or an issue on one of the five levels. And so this is why it's important to have a clear understanding of which one of these three you're working on, because the information in the Just Philosophy fits all of them, but it's very similar to supplementation. It's Possibly when you're taking it, how much you're taking it, what the season is, and how you're working on the different levels simultaneously. So I did want to bring that up, that just because we talk of a way that it works in this one area doesn't mean that it's going to work the same way in another area. Same tools, same processing, but maybe different application. And before we get into questions four and five about conscious relating, I did want to establish how you've said in a recent episode that it's important to do the self-development work possibly before engaging in a relationship. And, and it's not necessary, but there's definitely a benefit into doing that. And, and I think this goes back to how the, the three questions for finding your authentic self kind of creates accountability. It creates a value structure. It, I mean, it defines who you are and like creates that uh, intention going forward so that all your other uh, decisions kind of based off whether that allows you to follow your path or not. You recently said that if you didn't or you couldn't answer these questions, then you would have no path and you would have no way to hold yourself accountable. Actually, what I wrote down was no path equals no accountability. And maybe some people like living in that way because they can just go and do whatever they want and they don't have to show up and be held accountable to anyone other than yeah. like the law. And this is a very big misconception in our culture because people over, say, 18 or 21 uh, thinks and have been told that they're adults. And they're really just big kids that now don't have the parenting that they always did. So they have the attitude of, yes, I'm not going to work on myself. I get to do whatever I want to whenever I want to however I want to, when that's really not true because they still have to hold down jobs. They might be married. They might have kids. But see, in their mind, they think that they have this freedom. When true freedom comes from that you're not held to the same patterns as other people in your family, that you're not held to the same way of thinking as everybody else in your culture. And so this self-discipline becomes uh, what I saw as truly raising your consciousness is that you truly choose to become an adult. And a true adult is one that holds themselves accountable and responsible and doesn't wait for the law or for people around them to call them out. They're, they're not seeing what they can get away with. They're 
looking to hold themselves accountable. And this is why the example, like what example are you setting every day by the way you dress, by the way you talk, by the way that you emotionally react or respond, by the way that you communicate? And if you want to get better in all of those areas, then you just hold yourself accountable. But that is very different from judgment and guilt, because all in accountability, all you need to do is recognize it one time and make an adjustment. And there's no more need to think about it, to talk about it, you know, recognize the assessment, make an adjustment. And so that becomes part of your everyday life that you just learn to, oh, I just failed in the way that I saw that. I, I gave it a little bit of judgment. See, right away, you undo that judgment and you get prepared for the next thing that comes to you to just say, yeah, I want to be receptive to whatever is being presented to me. Again, receptivity and accepting something does not con- mean you condone it or that you uh, agree with it. But we have to accept it in a non-judgmental way to see it clearly. So taking the time before entering into intimate relationships, for any of you that's single out there, is so important to truly find yourself and find your path, so to say, so that when you do interact with others, you have a, a stake in the ground. And many times, because our culture is really designed to train us that we need this external stimulation, we're, we're stuck in trying to people please. And the majority of the time, unfortunately, is people aren't themselves when they're meeting new people. And they're looking at how can I adapt to get this person to like me? And that's completely stepping out of your power. And then most of the issues in the relationship are going to be based off of that falsity that was in the beginning to where if you're clear in who you are, what you're about, and what you exemplify, then you present that to the person. They may or may not be looking for that, but at least you're starting it off with clarity and with truth rather than the unknown, like I've experienced most people around me just adapting. By no means am I saying that one should be rigid, but one should be clear, and you can properly bend when you know where your limits are to bend. So I'm all about bending and flexing in relationships, and you know the give and take and the push and pulls have to happen, but knowing where those limits are so no resentment and bitterness uh, starts to grow is very important. Is there any more that you could offer on the difference between the self-development part of this and the relationship work? Yeah, well, the self-development um, work is mainly from this philosophy's position is learning to master or work with the emotional bodies mainly to, to begin with. Because when you learn to manage your emotions, then that helps to regulate your emotional field It helps to regulate the deterioration of the physical body, and it helps to uh, ease the mind. So all of that is accessed, and to work on that emotional mastery is directly filtered through that spiritual level. And again, being uh, trust and non-judgment and faith as a third one. You know, when you have those three things happening simultaneously— I can almost guarantee you that you will be less emotional if you're trusting of the moment, if you're trusting of your life, if you have faith that 
whatever is going to happen in your day, there's something uh, beneficial to get out of it. You can, you know, one of the uh, pillars is that, you know, everyone in every situation you come in contact with has the opportunity to teach you something. So when you learn to walk in that way of self-development and you're looking at everything being a, a learning opportunity, you can grow exponential. But this means you need the self-discipline. You need the structure because when you start to do something out of a pattern, you've got to change that pattern and do a different process, a different emotional process, a different action. And that's what we get into in more of the, the private types of, of talks. But in relationship, what happens when someone hasn't really learned to manage those emotions, then their spiritual nature more comes and goes with the wind because the reactions, there's energetic discharges, there's physical issues that people have to go through, and this creates communication and relating issues in the relationship. So, so see, many people that are working on relationships are really looking or working on how they adapt or cope with another person, especially if you're cohabitating. So it can be more of a survival type thing and you have to work with yes how you present things to them how you react to things that they say so see it's almost like double work you have to work on how you're presenting stuff constantly and you have to work on how you're receiving stuff to where in self-development work you can put a whole lot less effort on how you present things if you're truly looking to be the student you're looking to Pay more of attention of how you're responding to what people say and do rather than reacting and less on how you're initiating things. So they're both needed, both in individual self-development work and relationship work. But in the relationship work, it almost has to be like a 50-50. Like you have to be practicing both at the same time and that is optimal and it can expediate and that's a lot of the practice your growth and that's a lot of the practice that I've experienced through my life but it's twice as hard and so when you're able to take the time and you have a lot of time to yourself and you're able to go out in the public or connect with friends and family that elicit these emotional reactions because they're going to do it especially family so you can you can work through that stuff much more faster when you're not having to explain it to a partner, uh, defend that family member, and like all of the explanation that goes into relationships. So I'm all about the relationship work, and if you're in relationship, do that work. But remember that there is something different between self development work and relationship work. They can end up at the same path. But it still comes down to the more the person understands themselves and in that work to understand themselves, they can begin to understand and see more clearly those around them. Like I said, we can get to that similar point, but it's just wherever you're at, make the most of where, the, where you're at, whether you're single or whether you are in relationships, but understand and work to see the difference between the two. Yeah, I, w- I would also add that in the self-development work, you can make time to get grounded again if you know if you kind of start losing yourself in emotional reactions but in a romantic relationship if you're living with that person it's very hard to to take a break i mean you may have to 
to take your a solo vacation to to get back grounded because you may start to lose yourself you may start to just get energetically uh ungrounded from the constant like you said it, it can be very draining on all levels having to do twice the work and then you kind of you can lose yourself and it takes a lot to get that perspective back and get and get back your energy but one thing that you mentioned in one of the most recent episodes that I don't want people to miss miss out on is the fact that you mentioned that in a relationship when doing the work you may be finding yourself adapting versus actually changing in a relationship and and maybe I wanted to caution people out there to think about this a little more because if that is something that is happening then you're kind of expending all this energy and you're not getting you know the best out of it okay yeah this is a great great topic to bring up because once again in self development work what i've worked on personally and work with my clients is that whatever bothers you whatever you have resistance to work through that resistance to get to acceptance and acceptance does not mean condoning or approving of, but it means that you accept that this is happening. And many times I use the death that I've been through, that I didn't have the the true option then, but in order for me to continue being a loving person, I have to accept that this happened. That doesn't mean that I wanted it to happen. And so that's very important for people to be able to separate that in acceptance because if someone hypothetically judges this podcast to me directly and they're talking and they say well I listened to your last podcast and I really didn't enjoy it very much and you know I thought that you were off on many points when somebody says that I still have the choice of how that affects me and this is why the breath is so important most people don't realize that they have a choice of that but as I'm feeling the energy and they're starting to go into the discussion, I can prepare that this isn't going to be a receptive response. It's going to be a attempt at deterioration maybe or maybe just honesty. Because the fact is, is that this information isn't going to resonate with everyone. So whether the person resonates with it or doesn't resonate with it, my self-development work is not to be affected or thrown off of my course of what I'm doing either way. Be appreciative Either way, you you enjoyed it, I'm very appreciative. You didn't enjoy it and you didn't get anything out of it, I'm appreciative for you to speak your truth and to give me the opportunity to make sure that this isn't affecting me in a negative way because I may or may not ever see that person again. But when you're in a relationship with somebody, you can try the same or similar technique. And what may happen is that you you work through the resistance of something that they said and you talk yourself out of it, however it is, like they've had a stressful day, I'm not going to take it personal, you know, and you almost talk yourself into it. But then it's likely to happen again and again and again. So, see, the, the point isn't always the same because you do still want to work on that not bothering you at all, but you're going to be more immersed in the practice of it than getting to pick and choose when you engage with that person maybe again. So so see, if I'm single and that uh, person come up to me and said they didn't enjoy this podcast, 
then see a week or two later, I might see them in another social situation, and it would be a great opportunity to practice to go walk up to them and ask them again if they've heard another episode or have, you know, any feedback, and you might get a similar experience. So that kind of practice is going to be more spaced out to where in the intimate relationship is going to be more continual, and you're going to have to deal with the tendency to want to tell them what they need to be doing different, what they need to be changing. And see, if you do that, which is what most people do, well, I'm going to do my work. You got to do your work. This is what I'm going to do. This is what you got to do. Well, once they change, if they change, then you're no longer getting that practice with them. And you may not get it externally because you're just glad not to be dealing with any resistance. And then, that's always going to come up down the road again like a Mack truck, a similar situation. So, so see, the energy that you have to overcome once again to not focus on what they need to change, to not communicate too much of that, to truly stay in, now I need to just do my work because I have proven hundreds of times that in intimate relationships, or not just intimate, but in relating with people, if you change yourself it's the highest likelihood to get the other person to change because when we take the resistance away, it stops the growth. Remember, everything grows through friction, through the action of friction. So that's why acceptance is such a powerful tool and that you can accept or I can accept something that someone says or does but still not uh, agree with it. But it's not my job to judge it. It's just either whether I want that in my life right now or I don't. But I don't have to talk about that that's bad or blah, 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 blah. So seeing that the bringing that back around to adapting, that many times people will like not say something if their mate says something uh, belittling or something. And they go, well, I'm just going to be more spiritual than that. I'm not going to let them know that that bothered me. I'm going to look past it. Well, like I said, that's an opportunity to start building resentment because you're fooling yourself that it's not bothering you. Rather than accepting, oh, that just bothered me, let me go uh, analyze and see why that is, what it's connected to in my past, and resolve that in my past. But you may not have that opportunity in, like you were saying, to always get away, to get to a place to, to process things when you're in an intimate relationship and especially living together. And would an example of adapting be, and kind of in the in the sense of what you were saying, where they use a certain word that really bothers you, and instead of going internal and figuring out why that bothers you, you ask them to please use a different word because... I mean, and I and I don't know if maybe there's some sort of bridge there where you could you could do both, where you you do work on it and then you ask them to not use that. So, but I think what you've said before uh, that would be kind of an adaption because they might stop using it and then you may still have that because it's not being the brought sensitivity, up. Sensitivity, yeah, or or somebody out in the world will use it, and this is a great example that you're giving here, and. That is that adaptation, and, and we will get into making deals, and this is making deals in relationships of, oh, well, I won't react that way if you won't use that word. Okay, well, what word do you want me to use? Okay, here's another word. Like I said, that's, that's good 
possibly short term for the relationship to to work through something. But at some point, I want the person with the sensitivity to the word to do their individual uh, self-development work and come to me as their partner and say, okay, now I want you to use that word again. I want you to go back to that because I want to work on my sensitivity. See, there's nothing wrong with working as a team and giving each other breaks, but in my opinion, connected to self-development work, you need to come back and relieve them of that duty uh, because we want to, in self-development work, we want to take the power of words away from receiving and understand that words are extremely powerful when you give them. But you don't have to give any word power when it's coming to you and how you receive it. And so I think that that, that ties in you know, really nicely with that and the example that you brought up. So <laughs> I'm just laughing because I have like this, um, this idea of what a great relationship would look like with both people doing the self-development work and <laughs> they're kind of being like, like a, a time when both can meet back and, and talk about their work on a, from a very grounded level and, and talking about their, their individual challenges sure. uh, with each other and how to go about that, like meeting like once a week and being like, okay, well, in the past week you said this and this and I'm, I'm working on this. Like, is that just me being very idealistic and like romanticizing the process? Can that actually happen? Or in your opinion, what is a more realistic way of looking at two people who are imperfect and just like maybe getting into this work wanting to do the self-development work, but also in a relationship, what is a, a good way of looking at how that could be? Well, I think a, a willingness to invest is a big part of it. And um, I've told the story before of being with different partners and it taking different lengths of time to for us to truly connect and, and to go to those like so-called higher levels. So first of all, time is needed to develop the trust and the faith and, you know, to exercise the spiritual exercises within the relationship, so to say. And so I think I'm not, I don't feel that your view is an unrealistic view. We have to make sure that we're not too rigid in those views. But what I have been fortunate enough to experience, I think, is it, it's not just a concept, but to, yes, understand that both parties are human and that we're going to fail. And that's a given that, hey, that's okay. As long as we learn something in every failure and learning something means that you, you're able to recognize it next time it shows up and make a different decision or a different choice. And with anybody that I'm with, as long as they're doing better, the speed doesn't matter. As long as they are moving continuously in a direction that is a, a direction that they want to go and keeps them out of guilt or self-judgment. So in a hypothetical situation, it could be that, say, um, I was, I'll put, I'll just use myself as an example. Say that I was asked uh, by my partner to go to a social event. And with anybody that knows me, I I don't normally make long-term investments like that. I, I like to wait to see what I feel like in that day. So I might say something like, you know, I would really like to go with you and we'll see how it works out. And then it becomes the time, the day of the event and I'm asked again. 
and say that I don't feel like attending. And then she gets upset and she says, well, this was really important to me. I kind of thought that you said that you didn't say that you would, but you would like to. And so I don't even know if I want to go now and say there's an emotional reaction and maybe there's a comparison brought in of, I just did this for you yesterday. You know, that's kind of like an unconscious response. And in this, in that moment, we would just recognize that emotions have gotten involved and this would be discussed uh, beforehand, before the issue, and that we've agreed that emotions and conscious communication can't coexist. So the very first step is we need to separate ourselves until we process these emotions. And in the processing the emotions, the important part is to get rid and out of the negative emotion that has been created. And the way that you do that is through uh, self-analyzing, seeing the connection to what it may be connected to with your past, and then working with the five pillars to right away, very first pillar, everything's in divine order, or find the divine order in the chaos, or everything's in divine order, whether we realize it or not. So in that moment, she has the opportunity to realize, well, maybe he wasn't supposed to go with me tonight. And maybe he's not just rejecting me because I do have rejection issues because of my father, because of last relationships. And maybe this will strengthen me as an individual. I want to strengthen, continue strengthening us as a couple. But yes, okay, now I see that me going to this social event by myself can be good for everyone involved. And see, that's processing it on all the levels simultaneously. And over here, I was sitting and said, hey, did I speak my truth? Did I feel it? Did I check in? Yes, I really didn't want to disappoint, but this is what I feel is right. It's not just what I want. It's what I feel like is in alignment or divine order. But I do carry compassion that I really appreciate that she wants me to be with her in social situations. I love her so much for that. So see, both parties have resolved and released the so-called negative emotions. And now we come together. And she goes, you know, really right off the bat, I want to apologize for my reaction. You didn't commit to that social event. And I just really like being with you. But I see this as an opportunity to stand in my power, stand on my own. And I thank you for giving me that opportunity. And I am going to go and I am going to have a great time. And I want you to have a great time. And then it gives me the opportunity to say, oh, you're so beautiful. You know, that is so sexy to me when someone does the work. That's one of the most attractive things. And I just want you to know that I am honored to to be with you in social events, and I want to go ahead and schedule, can we go out on a date next Thursday, blah, blah, blah. And that's just a, a very general example of both parties seeing that emotions have activated. We Now's not the optimal time to discuss it, but let's set a time, and setting that time is very important. Hey, in a couple of hours, can we come back together? Because that emotional processing for everyone is going to be different, but that can happen in just a matter of minutes or very few minutes, that, that processing. And it's different for everybody in different processes. So, so with that, uh, I think that is just a good general example. But both parties in that example took responsibility and accountability for their emotions and where they are by realizing this is just going to exaggerate the gap between our communication. So let's take care of that as soon as possible, come back together, be able to talk non-emotionally and work it out because 
The working it out is that both parties feel like they are getting fed, not getting what they need or what they want, but that it's in alignment and they're able to see the beauty of it, whether they're together or that they're not. And that is the ultimate view of a relationship, that you're strong individually and then you're twice as strong together, but you respect both the individual and the combined unit. That was very well put, and I enjoy looking at these different situations and then maybe doing something very similar to what you just did where you're like simulating what each person would do in the optimal way if people were practicing both self-development and then being in a conscious relationship. Yeah, another thing that I want to add there is to remember that your happiness is no one else's responsibility. So... You being able to, pillar one, once again, find the divine order in the chaos is merely finding when you didn't get what you want, how can you still make this an incredible experience? And you almost always have that opportunity. Just people get stuck on they didn't get what they want. So this is why I'm saying that self-development work is really about becoming a, a conscious adult. And it's not about just what you want anymore. It's for the overall good of everyone involved is the main interest from the conscious perspective. I would love to do an episode on taking a few of these scenarios and running through. I think it would definitely help shed some light on maybe some areas where people are missing like that next step uh, in the individual processes. So maybe I'll pose this question to the people listening. I'll probably go into our Facebook group and maybe on our page and other social media and and throw out there, uh, maybe have people send in different scenarios where, uh, you know, we won't we won't use your names or make it personal, but um, just just different scenarios that they would like us to pose and, and walk through in yeah, future I think, episodes. I think that's a great idea, and we would love to hear from you people and bring some of those scenarios on, uh, like I said, while respecting privacy. But one other thing that I wanted to bring in here was the fact that if you happen to be in a relationship and you don't have a partner that's willing to listen to this type of podcast or so-called do the work, you know, the relationship doesn't have to be over. Or you don't have to continue to divide. This is where you can have an opportunity to do self-development work while you're in the relationship. So it's just different when you're working with both parties or working together uh, with an intention or if one party is working on it and they don't have the participation. These are the slight differences in the processing of it. But that's very important to realize that don't be discouraged if you're listening and going, oh, I wish I had a partner or my partner was willing to do this kind of work because you still have a goal mind as far as an opportunity to do self-development work. And see, remember that if you really want to help those you love do your work and your vibration, your resonance, your light, everything will change. And that's what will invite them to do their work. All right. Now that we're getting into the last third of this episode, uh, let's finally bring in the, the uh, questions four and five of finding your authentic self, which have to do with relationships and exactly why we're doing this episode, Alexander. So do you want to bring those in? Yeah. So once again, number four and five of developing the authentic self is what are you looking to bring to the relationship and what are you looking to receive from the relationship? And I want it to be clear that it's, with the relationship, not the person. See, this isn't 
What do you want to get from the person and what do you want to give the person? I want you to be able to take the the so-called personal out of it because when you're coming together in union, you're creating a third energy. And that third energy is what either thrives or tries to survive. And that energy is the first thing even before a child. But then the child is the physical manifestation of the energetic baby that was being created in the beginning of the relating or the relationship. So what are you looking to get out of having a partner in life? And what are you looking and know your skill sets that you have to give a partner in life? And that's what that relationship is. So many times when I talk to people and present these five questions, people go right to the relationship ones and say, oh, those are so easy. But as I get them to explain, they find that, no, I really am not clear <laughs> in what I'm looking to get out of a relationship or what I'm looking to give. And, you know, people will give just general answers like love or compassion. And this is deeper than all that just general um, information. For example, you know, I want it to be understood that in any relationship, I have to bring an unbiased view. I have a frequency-based perception and a system that can help to keep this out of just my opinion because I don't want my relationships to be a competition of opinions. I want to find ways to communicate that takes the opinions, the majority of the opinions out so that we can always come back to no matter what we're talking about, we can follow the trail of discernment and come to the same spot almost every single time. So that's why this just philosophy has been developed so that people can have you know, in their relating uh, a language and be able to show it in an external and internal way. So that of knowing that, you know, I can bring a non-emotional reaction to the situation so that no matter what is going down, you can trust to communicate with me that I'm not going to attack, that I'm not going to judge, and that we're a team. We're always working together to resolve the issue. It's never something that you have to solve or I have to solve. We're working on it together. So those are just a few things that if somebody asked me, what do you have to bring to the relationship? Uh, see, I didn't bring in monetary stuff. or See, there's lots of stuff you can bring in. It's just important what first comes to your mind because you're you're talking about how well you know yourself. This is why the first three questions are really more important than the number four and number five. Because if you don't know the first three, you're going to be using general answers for number four and number five. And those generalities aren't going to last the test of time. And you're going to get into more than likely adjustment or sacrifice. And I've heard plenty of people in the past say, well, relationships is about sacrifice. And that's the vibe that I didn't resonate with. No, relationships can be about harmony and not making deals with each other. So and then if, if you look deeper at what are you looking to get out of a relationship? Well, you know, at this point in my life, I really juice on being inspired in uh, different areas. So I'm looking to be inspired from a creative standpoint, really be inspired in, in my food and the way that I'm you know, working with my supplements and continuing to expand cleaning my food up 
and to be inspired in the the physical level more. So inspiration in either working out or being active, being playful, uh, being sports oriented. So that doesn't mean that I'm looking for a relationship with somebody that's an athlete. Uh, it's, it's what I'm looking that this person has to offer and being sure of whether I'm going to be able to be happy and content with the level that they're able to offer within those ranges and be honest with myself instead of making the other person feel inferior or making them feel like they don't ever do good enough because that's what happens when we're not clear in what we're looking for in a relationship. It can seem like no matter how much they do, it's just not enough, and it's just getting judged left and right. And that's more than likely because the person isn't clear in what they're truly giving the relationship, and they're not clear in what they were really looking to get out of relationship when really the relationship began off around lust or interest in you know, a sexual partner or uh, having children or, you know, whatever it is. Um, so hopefully people can feel the deeper connections of, of these questions as one, two, and three. The more and more people that go deeper and deeper into those see that, yes, these general answers aren't what satisfies these questions. It's a very intimate answers that we're looking for. So questions four and five, like you said, they weren't specific to the individual person. Like you wouldn't change them. They're almost like something you create before having somebody that you're interested in. You're like, do the first three. You're like, okay, here's myself. And then four and five, they're kind of just like general. So this is connecting back with like intention. That if you don't have an intention or clear in your path, then you're never going to know what a sin is or what's taking you away from it. And then many times life will smack you with something really hard in life to get you back on track. So with this, if you develop them to not be specific to the individual person, then you know that you're not just adapting. But when you go in, say you meet someone and you have these things that you're really interested in, in like with what I shared, just where I'm looking to be inspired. Say I meet someone and they carry maybe three out of five of those things that I'm looking for in a relationship. Then see, I can weigh with myself of whether I really feel that I'm going to be content with that or not. And if I feel like I can and I can work with that, one thing that I suggest right away is find someone else, a friend or an associate, acquaintance, that you can get that feed from. For example, say I meet someone and they they like to be uh, into food and um, they they enjoy being creative, but they're not really that athletic. We'll see. Okay, well then I can just call Aaron another time during the week to play some disc golf or another friend or get some volleyball going. So see, the main thing is that I know that this is important to me in my life. If this person can't bring this, then I still need to get this somewhere in my life or it's going to create a projection more than likely that this person isn't good enough for me because they don't provide this for me. So see, once again, you'll never hear us on this program talking about um, rigid rigidity or absolutes. And so intention is just that. You set it, and then you don't expect someone to feel all those so-called expectations. 
You look realistically with can they carry the majority of that because this is who you're looking to spend the majority of your time with, and then right away put effort into finding where whatever they can't fill in or or help with, so to say, then you find somebody very soon to fulfill that in you that's not a threat on the relationship. And this is where we just talked recently about the so-called, you know, how friends and relationships intertwine. And as long as it's not a void somewhere, you know, in the relationship, and then you're going to get that from somebody that is competition for the relationship is the key. So I hope that answered uh, the question that you that you brought up. So if anybody wants a more expansive view on the voids and friends within a relationship, that was our most recent episode. So definitely check that one out. It will expand more on that. But let's say you can't find a friend to fill some of those voids. Does that mean you have to essentially kind of really be honest with yourself and maybe look at that and be like, can I be in this relationship and and maybe because you may have to live without getting those voids filled for a little while. And you may, it's just like, it's like you really have to be honest with yourself and choose whether this is something that you can go through or not. Because if I, I feel like at least in my situation, when I'm not honest with myself, I can push that down for so long, Mm -hmm. but it may be like a year or two and it comes right back up. And essentially it just, it almost ends up in more of like an explosive episode where you're like, I can't do this anymore. Yes. And and that's where the frustration comes in because you, most people aren't clear in yes, who they are, you know, what they're truly about and what they exemplify and working towards practicing that. So it it's almost a a guarantee of destruction or something blowing up because if you don't know what will make you happy, nothing will make you happy. And that's the thing that when you're not clear on these three questions, You're going to oscillate due to, of course, through the human design, we can show how you're being energetically affected by different people in different ways. And so that's part of that adaptation and adjusting that we talked about earlier that, you know, when you are immersed with a certain person, they can influence you greatly. And here, even for a period of time, you can be influenced to think that something's not important to you. But there's certain things in my life and what I do to make my living and my hobbies, such as like, um, you know, alone time is extremely important for my creativity. So that's one that like I just wouldn't be able to bend on very much at all. I'm clear in how much alone time I need. I'm clear in how to get that. And. I just need a partner that's going to work with me on that to see the benefit of it. Not that I don't want to be around them, but that they benefit and everyone benefits by me getting that alone time. So if I meet somebody and right away they go, oh, I just kind of want to let you know that I've been working on it a long time, but um, I have some codependency issues and I really like just being with my partner like every minute you know, of every day. And, uh, you know, that can sound appealing especially new and there's attraction there and that's why when we talk about attraction happens it changes the way that we process it changes the order of our our priorities that's why we've got the six priorities and suggest going through and being clear on those priorities so that attraction does not mislead you and 
the attraction doesn't just have to be physical. It could be monetarily. People get in relationships with people, others that have money, just because they feel that they can sacrifice these other things if they get to experience this. And once again, these are normally people that aren't clear in those three questions. So the money is going to satisfy them for a while, but it's more than likely probably not going to be enough. So, yes, being honest with yourself of what you are willing to do without in a relationship and what you're not willing to do without and where you're willing to bend. And being able to communicate that with another person is the highlight of, you know, everything we're discussing on this uh, this particular podcast and the difference in how we were able to relate to ourselves. It directly uh, indicates how we're truly going to be able to end be honest and communicate with someone else. All right. A couple quick questions, and then I want to get into the the give part. Now, you mentioned the codependency thing and how people who have these issues tend to want to spend like all their waking moments with that person. And that just brought up the question to me, should like our, like when we're single, should our lives look similar to when we're single to when we're in relationships? And if if we want to drastically change them like that, is that a sign that we do have something to look at? You know, this is, we're going to be talking in general, which is fairly rarely that we do here. But so in this scenario, you know, say we're, you're using codependency and, you know, so if they're, if they're single and they're the codependent person, then they're probably still codependent on friends, on family, you know, and they may have multiple people that they expend that energy on. But yes, they're looking more than likely for an intimate relationship to bring the majority of that to. You know, it can be navigated that the person that needs more alone time can say that, hey, can we have this practice to where we like just sleep in a separate bed one night a week just to give our energetic field, uh, you know, eight to maybe nine hours to just be, you know, immersed in ourselves, you know, and see how responsive they are to that or you know, can we go one or two days a week, um, you know, not seeing each other or something like that? You're basically looking for whether the person is looking to be a partner or whether the person is looking to get what they want. And how they respond to these questions is is normally very revealing because, once again, I'm talking, I'm suggesting to be flexible, to be willing to bend, but know where your limit is and in the beginning, especially, don't go all the way to your limit right away because you need to see if there's some some buffer, some flex room there. So that main, I think, point to get across here is that, yes, we do have to shift and change when we become intimately involved or just in even in a business relationship. You can't just be your individual self or you're probably going to run into more and more friction. But it's still important to know who that individual self is. And like I said, then you're utilizing your bending within ranges that's not going to create resentment, that's not going to create that buildup and that explosion that you talked about earlier. And that's normally what happens is people bend, especially in the beginning, way past their comfort zone. And then as they start to try to stop bending as much, you know, the partner reacts and can almost hold them in that limbo of past the comfort zone. And that's where resentment normally starts to build. All right, yeah, that was a good explanation of that, and that did help my view, and I hope it helps other people's out there. 
I wanted you to share why compromise is not uh, a good compromise or sacrifice, as you mentioned earlier, doesn't isn't good uh, energetically. Right. So, um, and we'll just group this under like making deals uh, in relationships because I hear relationships all the time say, "Well, I want you to go to my family gathering because we went to yours at Christmas." You know that kind of deal making thing, and. Another way to approach that is to design and develop your relationship to where both parties are able to be honest and that both parties are always invited to anything that either one of them is doing, but the partner is never held accountable to attend those things because when you get into making deals, you have to keep score. And it's really a keeping score of who's do- doing more unhappy things. And that becomes the structure of the relationship. And it's, it's almost like I'm going even got to make up some stuff to get her to do because I've gone to like three family things in a row. And I would much rather be interested in developing relationships that supports freedom, that I am at a point in my life where I only want people around me that really want to be around me. And if you don't really want to be there or your mate doesn't really want to be there, then please don't bring them. Why Why would you want to bring that energy to the event? And more than likely it's because the other person doesn't want to go to the event either or they don't want to disappoint or they're insecure about something and there is some codependence there, which would be good for them to do it on their own. So normally there's a self-development issue behind that. And, you know, that's once again what we want to almost always bring any conversation that comes across this philosophy or this podcast to that self-reflection and what work is there to do. That's why at least I resonated with this work is because it's an independent structure that allows both parties in a relationship to come to a shared conclusion of what's best for everyone involved. Yes, yes, and see that that whole sacrifice mentality means I'm going to give up this now so that you have to give up something down the road, and I just don't want to be involved in relating with anyone on any level where there's a, a giving up like this. I want it to be, no, I want to give you this. And I only want you to give me of your time, your money, your actions, your presence that you want to. And if you don't, then I want to support you to be to yourself or with other people you resonate with. And I would like the same. And I think that, you know, this part of this is getting out of this idea of making people like you or wanting people's approval. And normally those follow people that aren't clear on those first three uh, points and now that we've brought in four and five, I hope that this brings a, just a different view for most people in both self-development work and uh, conscious relationships. And let's expand upon what you want to give in a relationship and how closely do these four and five questions, how close are they to one through three in content? Well, they're very, you know, uh, intermingled um, because the, the relationship is going to thrive to the level that the two individuals do the self-development work, whether that's together or separate, um, you know, it, it can be done both ways. Sometimes there needs to be a time of separation. Uh, I've known relationships that 
one person has been into this self-development work for five or six years before their partner comes back around. I've experienced a year and a half um, before uh, a partner getting on board, uh, but then having like eight years of extreme levels of communication and connection once that acceptance and that true team is formed. And that's what I want people to look at, you know, relationships as an ultimate team and to see that there's going to be competition. Many times there's attraction. Wherever there's attraction, normally there's competition. But you have the opportunity as two individuals that are attracted to each other to shift that competition rather than between you two into you and the world and to work on, um, you know, subjects and events and projects that, you know, where you're able to work together and to use that competitional type of energy with each other against, and I don't like using the term against, but in, you know, opposition of somebody else or some other cause or something like that, so that you feel part of the same team. And that's one of my biggest heartbreaks in most relationships is they just don't have that true teammate view. They're, They're challenging each other so much rather than truly working for that um, harmony. And I think that that's what sacrifice in relationships helps to create, is it creates the competition between the two because you're keeping score. So now the competition has to be between us two rather than the competition being whether it is a government situation or a social situation or a family situation or just working in the garden to produce another third energy and working together and, you know, not practicing not yelling at each other, practicing allowing each other to plant the plants the way that you want to and see, enjoy each other's garden. It doesn't have to be one garden. You can do gardening and then both parties have separate areas to where they manage it however you want to, but you share the food. However, the practice is to get a different form of the competition because if attraction is there, normally competition is there as well. And when we get into uh, what you want to give, how important is it that it is what that other person wants to receive? Because we can, we can have the idea of what we want to give all we want, but if that person doesn't want to receive that, then doesn't that create like an imbalance? And then you may have to weigh those options or weigh that just as if your voids aren't weren't being met. Yeah, just uh, absolutely. Because... You know, we all have an energy that we're looking to receive and we have an energy we're looking to give. And um, that if that can't be received, then there's going to be an energetic blockage. And with especially with intimate relationships, the kind of energy you want to give, you can't just necessarily go give that energy to a friend um, because you want it in a more intimate type of way. So that one is possibly even more of a bigger issue than, you know, what you're looking to receive because you got to be able to um, extend that energy and stay in a flow, so to say, so it doesn't create energetic blockages that creates imbalances and causes people to make poor decisions. Uh, They're both really, really important. um, And to feel complete, it is about what we're giving to the world and, and what we're receiving back from the world. And that's why just the one individual isn't as important as the energy that you need to experience receiving and the energy you need to experience or you feel that you do uh, to give. 
And when you bring that into an intimate relationship, that really optimally needs to be at a very high percentage that you're both able to give and receive what you're looking to experience in this life because there's a special opportunity this life. We all have people that we resonate with, and it is possible to feel uh, complete and content in oneself, and that just helps the the relating on all levels. So I guess we would do exactly what we would do if if our needs weren't being met or if there was a void in something that I wanted to give, like let's say I wanted to be the teacher and then I, I could go out and find people who want to be taught and yes. where I wouldn't, you know, have to expel that. Energy yeah. But if you don't, yeah, but if you don't get that feed somewhere else, you're always going to be wanting mm-hmm. to play teacher in that relationship. And I know the difference now in my personal relationships due to, you know, being uh, in service now for over 14 years that, my relating with people before going into service and having an outlet to help people every day was much more intense because my intimate people around me just got more and more help all the time because I can't stop like seeing things that that's one of my love languages is to help people save time, save money, save energy. But everyone's not looking to receive that. So I learned with my intimate people to uh, teach them in a way to, unless you ask, I'm not going to give more than likely. And that was a discipline that I had to put on myself. And then that allowed the energy to be more focused on my clientele, and that has helped my personal relationships. And, and so this is where all of this learning how to get those energy feeds and to give that energy, a lot of it has come from, is uh, my, my own experience direct. And to wrap up this episode, I would love it if we could uh, give an example of what somebody who knows their three questions and what they would answer in four and five as a complete resonance of all of those questions. And I would love if you would offer up yours if you want to be that vulnerable or if not, maybe you can come up with um, (laughs) on the spot with five. No, this is uh, this is great. So, you know, with myself, I am Alexander. Um, I've been called many names in the past, and the, and who you are is about uh, what you're called and how you respond and how you relate, the attachments to that name. Some people create pen names or completely original names so that they can lose all of that attachment, and that's what my middle name, Alexander, my previous name was Scott, and that's my first name, and when I let Scott go and stepped into Alexander, it changed the vibration of everything in my life, and and I was urged to in my mid-30s in sound healing school. I, that was suggested to me, and I've never looked back since. So Alexander is who I am. What I do is I help people with self-development and to raise their consciousness. I also help them to deepen their relationship and their communications in the relationships. And I help people to heal on all five levels with many different processes and the just philosophy here. Now, see, there's plenty of things that I do. Like I didn't mention the podcast under that, but everything that I do falls under these three things. So what you do or what you're passionate about needs to be something that you can answer people quickly. It's almost like creating a mantra or just a saying because you're imprinting that into the world energetically every time you say it. So that's why many times people will say what they do many different ways. And it's not there's something wrong with that. It's just it's not building a consistent energy. And then how I exemplify it is 
I do the podcast here with Aaron Keith. I have private clients that I've been doing for 14 years. I produce and sell vibrational sound tables. I have sound journeys, uh, meditative sound events, and I teach classes. So I'm doing something of those examples every single day of my life. And those examples strengthen who I am and what I'm about. And so, so those are the, the, my examples right now of those three. And these can change. Understand that these are not set forever. We just need to be clear in our intention. And then, of course, in relationship, I'm looking for that inspiration I was talking about earlier to be inspired around food, around proper supplementation, um, physical health, being the exercise and movement. So see, I'm focusing more on the physical level and I'm looking for inspiration there because the other four levels, the spiritual, the energetic, the emotional, and um, the mental is kind of my specialty. So I'm looking for inspiration where I don't have it. And to wrap it up, also as important as feeling supported on all five levels as I continue to want to grow and expand and share this information with others, that support is very important. And then I'm looking to give those other four levels, basically, emotional maturity, um, a frequency-based philosophy or way of life, and to support in all conscious communications. So that's just an example right off the bat of how I personally answer those five questions and that I'm prepared to explain or discuss those with anyone at any time at any level of depth that they want to go to. And then a sin for me is anything that pulls me away from those things that I just discussed in those five things. And so if I do dabble in that, I recognize it right away and I get back to my center as soon as possible. So are you up to share at this point where you're at or would you hold off for another time? Uh, I would I would hold off because I don't feel like, especially hearing you and hearing the the unwavering energy in your voice, I can tell that you know who you are. Mm-hmm. And and while I feel like I'm making progress and if if somebody goes back to that three questions episode, I do feel like I was able to identify who I am, but after hearing you again, it's like I have a lot more work to put in where I need to start writing this out and, and using the mantra part and really working on it maybe daily. Yes, well um, said, because that's, that's what I had to do for actually many, many years because um, I would get nervous in all of those, especially when I was changing my name, when people would ask me what my name was, you know, I would say Alexander and then they'd say, well, so-and-so told me your name was Scott. See, I had to deal with that uncomfortableness. So everything that I'm sharing, it's uncomfortable to go through. If you're a way shower, if you're doing something that is original, is different, is going to last, then it's normally going to be resisted by the majority of people. But guess what? You can become the example after you deal with all of the resistance through acceptance and the five pillars and all of the information that the Just Philosophy in this Wise Wise podcast talks about. It is based off of that. And see, when I come across, I do want to come across as confident and clear, but not rigid, because there's a lot of variables in all of that. But it is uh, concise and precise, and I feel very good. The energy feels good every time that I'm sharing that information. So 
All of you out there that has been working on this for a while, I respect Aaron so much to say, no, I'm still developing this because he's been looking at it for quite a while. And I have a few people in my inner circle that's been looking at these questions for quite a while and thought they had the answers. But you just keep going deeper and deeper. And this is just more in that self-discovery. And uh, it helps you to stick your stake in the ground and to build your confidence and build your life toward a direction that is truly going to be fulfilling and then attract relationships and people in that support that path. Um, so it's a, it is a little bit different uh, approach, but I enjoy so much uh, sharing it and uh, the wonderful process that we have here on the Wise Wise podcast. Woo! I love I love these these episodes. I don't know. Recently, I feel like we've been hitting on some good topics and uh, even leaving a lot of meat on the bone for for other episodes to come. But for some reason, the ones that deal with relationships, I feel like are the ones that can help people where they are now. And I know that that that's not ultimately our goal was to get people to do the self-development work and build on their relationships. But the parts that people can plug and play and start to tinker with to see if they if they really work or not. And when they do start to see a, a slight uh, change, that's when they'll start to buy a little more, a little more, a little more into this just philosophy. And I feel like that's where uh, we're kind of meeting people where they're at and altering their perceptions. So well uh, I feel good about this one. Woo! So, uh, all right, everybody, stay tuned for our three minutes of stillness. Much love.
We appreciate your interest in self-growth, conscious communication, and continuing to ask the wise wise. And remember, gradual changes over long periods of time equals lasting results. The Just Philosophy, as discussed in this podcast, has been developed by Alexander over the last 22 years in his private practice, professional environment, and private studies. The information discussed is intended for educational purposes only. It is not meant as a replacement for conventional medicine. Just remember, knowledge plus experience equals wisdom. Seek the wise. As we continue sharing this information, there are also multiple ways to share and support this work. Gain access to our exclusive content, behind-the-scenes footage, and other products that assist you on your self-awareness journey by joining our patron team in exchange for a monetary donation by visiting wise-wise.com slash patron. That is wise-whys.com slash p-a-t-r-e-o-n. Another way of support is by sharing this podcast with receptive individuals or even leaving a review on popular platforms such as iTunes or Facebook helps us introduce this work to others through the listener's words. We are also on most major social networks, so follow us along there or even join our Facebook group community. Continue your journey by visiting Alexander's website where you are able to book private consultations in person, by phone, or even Skype. Know thyself better with human design and destiny card reports and readings as mentioned in this podcast. View a calendar of his live performances and class schedule. Peruse his other products such as shirts, CDs, and the revolutionary VibroTune sound vibrational therapy tables that assist with subtle energy alignments. So grab that keyboard and go to thejustphilosophy.com for those goodies. That's T-H-E-J-U-S-T-P-H-I-L-O-S-O-P-H-Y.com. And if you love the touch of a soft shirt with a message that will warm your heart in resonation, then check out my company, Verity's Apparel, where I am a one-man band doing it all from design to physically printing the garment it's sealing it all with a conscious touch. Just go to veritiesapparel.com, V-E-R-I-T-E-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Thank you all for being a part of this journey with us.